Hi, everyone. I'm Valerie Malone, life coach, motivational speaker, creator of Love You Life program, and you are listening to Real Talk. Today, I have a special guest, Mary. She is a child recovery coach. Welcome. Thank you very much, Valerie. Great to be here. This is such an amazing topic, and you are actually the first one in our podcast to have you, and as in child recovery, as myself, been through a lot, through a lot of trauma when I was a child. So you nice. are so special to me, and I listened to you before. You're a dear friend of mine. We talked about this before, and that's why I want you to come over here and talk about this a little bit. Uh, today's topic uh, is uh, how to identify and heal from childhood wounds, which is so important. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, yes, so I work with people who grew up in dysfunctional families um, and had like things like bullying and stuff. They grew up with that. So obviously that has a carryover then into adulthood because it has a lot of ramifications when you grow up in this unsafe environment. Um, so that's what I help people with. Um, I have an ebook, I have an online course, and I do one-to-one sessions with people. Totally recovery. Um, I just want to um, ask you a question. Why is it so important for us to look at this topic? Like, I know a lot of people, uh, for example, me, myself, I've been through a lot of trauma, but some people are just keeping it to themselves and they just don't want to talk about it, but yet they have that pain inside of them. Why is it so important to actually bring that topic and look at it? Yeah. Well, as you say, if they have the pain inside of them, so obviously, you know, we want to process that out. We want to live a happy life and fulfilled life. We don't want to be stuck with these patterns that are holding us back all the time. Um, And one of the reasons it is important to look at it is that it's not it's not something very mainstream like you're not going to be you're not going to hear about it on the nine o'clock news you know this is how to heal intergenerational trauma in your lineage and that's the whole problem about it as well because we live in a patriarchal society which is very dysfunctional and all these type of things are actually quite taboo topics so on the one hand we can know okay i have this real um pattern that is in my life that I can't seem to overcome and then at the same time it's difficult to understand well how how do I get the help you know there's nobody talking about this in society or in like in maybe in the workplace or anything like that but it's holding me back in life and so that can just be a bit of a red tape or a you know a different cycle that you can get into that you don't know how to heal it because we live in the dysfunctional society that caused it um it's a it's a catch-22 is the word i was looking phrase i was looking for it's a bit of a catch-22 um but for obviously people who have some type of insight and do have that desire okay you know there's things i need to look at and then the next step obviously is to know that it's the internal work that you need to do on yourself that will get you past that and into the next stage then that's really important because then you can move forward with your life and then you can get a bit of traction and you can put behind you patterns of dysfunction um, that have been tripping you up in your life but yes that's the kind of a key piece is that like oh my it's like like 
how do I understand this? How do I get past this? Because it's not mainstream knowledge. It's something you have to go looking for. Right, right. Now, I have a, I have a little experience on that. Is it safe to say that sometimes, not only that, but you feel like you're alone in this topic, like, like you, you, you pain or the trauma that you've been through as a child, whether you bullied, whether you molested, whether you're like uh, uh, physically abused or whether you emotionally abused uh, as a child or even like a young adult. You feel like talking about it. If I do talk about it, it's embarrassing. It's like, I don't know if anybody else could understand me. I don't know if anybody else can be been through that. I mean, I know for a longest time I held that, I was like, you know, the shame of it. Yeah, there is, there is a lot of shame around it and guilt. It's a huge societal taboo to talk about this, you know, to actually say that you grew up in a dysfunctional family or to say maybe if you've gone low contact or no contact with your family of origin. And I know that when people do that, you know, your friends can just fall by the wayside. Yeah. And why is that? It's because number one, it's such a taboo topic. Um, and number two, people just can't really handle it. You know, maybe it's very triggering for them. Maybe it's, um, there's a denial piece about it. Like individuals are in denial about stuff that is taking place in their own family, in their own lineage. And then of course, society. Society is the driving factor. Like that's in the huge denial that there could be anything wrong with your childhood that you're especially mother and father, you know, they are on a pedestal. They, you know, people cannot handle the fact that they might have had issues and passed down trauma onto their children. So, yeah, so that's why, like, um, even if you go for professional help, sometimes people come up against brick walls there as well, because the professionals also maybe have their own denial, maybe, um, it's taboo for them and they just can't handle it. They're triggered by it as well. Yeah. So um, I think we're just at a, a good time in history that this is the time we need to look at this stuff. We need to you know, get over ourselves with this societal taboo about this topic because people are really, really hurting. Like at the same time, we know how much addiction there is in society. We know how much problems there are. And people do feel very alone. It's very isolating to be dealing with anything like this. Yeah, because this is this is why you said it so perfectly, because even if you go to the professional, you feel you're alone. You feel like it's a shame. You feel like living by other people's expectation of if I do expose this, um, my family might get affected. You know, some people are like going by the religion and society and all of that. But for me, um, and I'm telling you truly from my experience of that, okay, you know that there's something is going on, but yet you don't want to talk about it. You, like you said, every day you get up in the morning, you go about your life, you go to work, you're a mom, you're a dad, you're whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Because when you open your eyes, other obligation comes in. And, but yet in the bottom of your heart, you know there's something wrong. So how yeah. do we identify that childhood wound that is like, okay, you know what? Something is there. How do we identify it, bring it on the surface? So now we can actually, like you said, and this is the best time to reflect and say, okay, mm. instead of putting it there, I need to work on it. How do we identify that? Yeah, well, the best way to identify it, and it doesn't involve any, you know, trudgery or dredging up stuff from the past or any kind of huge project. So the easiest way to do it, and what I like to say is that whatever is in front of you is your teacher. 
So by that, I mean taking whatever trigger comes up in your day-to-day -day life and use that. Um, so that's going to be your, your, your place of teaching or that's the area to look at. Um, for your next piece of healing work. So say, for example, let's take the work environment and say, for example, you're working for some manager or a boss and they're particularly maybe overly critical or maybe there's even a bullying aspect to that. And that can be very triggering for you. And maybe you're finding that, okay, wow, I'm really reacting really strongly to this. Well, then there, there's your clue. That's an area. And, and it could be like potentially it's something from your past that is getting triggered. And how you would know that is ask yourself. So on a scale of zero to 10, how strong is the trigger? So and of course, by trigger, like it's the reaction in yourself, like the emotion, really strong emotions, like getting really nervous or anxious something like that obviously so if it's depending on how strong the reaction is that can be an indication to okay this is the severity of the original wound and to put that another way is okay if you're in you know in the work environment obviously you know it's stressful you need to deliver you need to be productive you need to be on your a game and there's all different types of different personalities that you need to navigate as well so if you didn't have any type of childhood wounding or any residue of something in your system that was going to get triggered then you wouldn't get triggered you would be you know you'd be grounded you'd be confident you'd be able to deal with all these uh, various different personalities and stresses and pressures off the job and you'd feel okay well i'm an adult i'm autonomous i'm you know i'm doing my work and i can come home in the evening and relax but if it's a case that okay there's like really strong personalities and they're triggering you well then that's you know that's something you can look at and you can also ask yourself okay is this a pattern because say for example we've grown up with an overly critical or you know the um, primary caregiver or that has been you know bullying behavior when we were growing up as a child that can you know the universe has a funny way of that showing up in the form of your boss or your manager um so that's you know those patterns if we don't it's an indication that we've healing work to do like inner work to do because it's showing up in our, our external and we can't get away from it like you can move job and you can go to the next job but that that bullying boss who is just like the relationship you have with your primary caregiver is going to show up again so you, you can't really get away from it <laughs> It's, it's so funny as I'm listening to you and, and, and this is how good you are because as I'm listening to you, it triggers in my head of what I've been through. And I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, so my marriage was arranged marriage, right? And we discussed this before me and you. Uh, it was arranged marriage. I was very young. I was 13 years old and I got married because of the culture, because of whatever. Yeah. So then I got divorced and moved, life moved on. Then I find this man, a wonderful man. We were dating right. and we were good. We lived together for seven years. And then he proposed to me and I was, even engagement was good. I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. The minute every time he would bring up the, the word marriage, yeah. like you said, it triggered. Uh, yeah. I couldn't breathe. I was like, <gasps> and you, 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 you analyze it and you say to yourself, wait a minute, I love this person. It's a great person. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm comfortable. But yeah. that, that, that 
wound that you said that we are having, but it's there. And how can we recognize this there as by feeling? And every time that would come up, every time we talk about marriage, that would come up. And I felt so overwhelmed, scared, uh, anxiety, depression, everything. And it's a, it's a wow. good occasion. That doesn't have to be always a bad occasion. Even if it was a yeah. good occasion that, yeah, you know, exactly. yeah. so I know exactly what you're talking about and it goes over your head. And as I'm listening to you right now and I'm saying to myself, oh, wow, that was the sign. Yes. And also you can notice because it shows up somatically, like right. the body, the body holds the wisdom and the body gives us a lot of clues as to what's happening. So when you were describing that there, like I'm assuming like you had a lot of physical sensations going on so that like somatically your body was telling you like there's something, I have a fear about this, there's something not right. Oh, wow. That is so important. Like, cause yeah. It, we have to recognize how it is. And then now, once we recognize it, what are some steps that we take to process these triggers? Like, like I know for me, it was like, I knew it was there. I felt it. And that cost me another little relationship. I didn't take care of it at the time because it was a long time ago. And then we broke up. But yeah. what are some steps? What are some things that we have to do to just pass that and be okay with that fear or to be okay with us and, and say that we can do this? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, practical. So what are the practical steps? So um, let me share with you a few. So the first step to do is to identify and name the emotions that you're experiencing. And this, like, say, I'll use that work example as well. So say, okay. for example, that you come home in the evening and you kind of have a bit of time to process this. And um, that would be something that you would do. Okay. Like, what is it? Is it shame I'm feeling? Is it disappointment? Is it frustration? And just really identify those. I mean, even that step can be a bit, um, it, sometimes difficult to do. We don't, you know, sometimes we don't know exactly what we're feeling. So just to get clarity on that, and you might write them down. It's a good idea. So you can see them in black and white. So that would be the first step. And then the second step, which follows on from that one, is as you're doing that, you might hear phrases then associated with those emotions that you've just written down. And that can, you know, be related to the experience as well. So, and they might be things like, um, oh, this always happens to me. I knew I couldn't trust them. I'll never make this work. Or something like, I'm all alone. So you need to like what are the phrases that you hear yourself say as you're bringing attention to this and putting your full focus on it so that's step number two okay um and step number three is building this self-awareness um so the key step that is really going to help you is bringing a bit of objectivity to it. And that's why in the first step, you know, write it down on a piece of paper. It just, you, you get a little bit of distance. Once you can get any bit of distance, then you're not engrossed in the whole trigger and the whole emotions of it, but you can be a bit, a bit more of an observer of it. 
And when you're getting into that space, that's a really good space to be in. And of course, this is something that, you know, how could you know that years ago? You know, we don't know this. Nobody tells us this. <laughs> so this is why, you know, the education piece is good and to have these tools. So this is what we're doing in step number three, building the awareness and also recognizing that, okay, this is a part of me. It's say, for example, if you, if shame comes up or disappointment comes up, you can say to yourself, okay, I'm, I can see that I'm feeling this shame. I can see that like, there's a part of me that is like so disappointed or feels so alone, but because I'm observing it, it's not the whole of me. It's not engrossing me. It's not um, encompassing me. Um, so what this is, is identifying different parts of our system. So now we're getting even more objectivity. And what you could do with this step is ask yourself, okay, how old does this part of me feel? And what you want to do there is see if you can get the first answer that comes up. Like it might be three. You'll hear, you'll hear a number, you might see a number flash up in your mind's eye. And that is, that, again, that's really good wisdom. So what you're doing there is you're tapping into the wisdom of the body. And also there again is this idea of childhood wounds. And of course it might not always be the case, but generally, you know, we have these woundings from childhood that we haven't dealt with because we didn't have the education, we did no fault of our own, we didn't know how to deal with them, but because they are lodged in their system, they're very potent and they don't go away. You can't just brush them under the carpet and say, okay, that happened when I was age three, let's brush it under the carpet, let me get on with my life. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen. That's not a good strategy because as we know, they crop up. So this is what is happening. Um, so the next step with that would be to bring in self-compassion. Like that is just a key piece. If you can have compassion for yourself, with like what you went through, what you endured, everything you had to do, you didn't have any help. You were all, you were all alone as a child. And there was no sane adults. There was no adults to help you. So, but now you need to be kind of that mentor to yourself. So you're bringing in the self-compassion and there's really good um, mantras and ways to talk to yourself. Um, so that would be things like, oh, I'm really sorry you feel this way. It makes so much sense that you, I can see you're so triggered. It makes so much sense that you would be triggered given what you've been through in the past. So as you can say, see what I'm doing there, it's like you're communicating with different parts of you. And this idea of parts work, it's nothing to do with somebody who is traumatized. So just to be clear on that in case anyone's listening and thinking, oh, parts work, is that like for people who are really traumatized, they have all these parts in their system. And to that, I would say absolutely not. Like everybody has different parts of them. And um, like we're multi multiplicity it's multiplicity of parts and this is a modality that i studied which is called ifs and um, it's called internal family systems by dick schwartz and it's a little bit i know you do inner child work so it's a little bit like that um, and just to for people to understand what inner parts work is say for example if somebody invited you to a party would you like to go to a party on saturday night and then you okay let me think do i want to go to a party on saturday night and then one part of you might go yeah that'd be brilliant it sounds amazing i really want to go socialize 
And at the same time, you can have another part of you that says, oh, actually, I am really tired. I had a busy week. I would love to stay in on Saturday night. So you can see, like, it's very possible to hold two competing ideas or feelings at the same time. So that's just to let people know that, yes, it's possible to have all these different parts of us. Like, our minds are very complex and we're very complex beings. So just want to explain that part of it as well. You did such a great job on that. <laughs> and there is one there is one part there is one final step left but just in case you wanted to interject with anything there oh no 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 i i i love the fact that you said that there's i really i want to emphasize on that too before we go to the uh, yeah. step 5 there's so many parts to you there's so many parts i want mm -hmm. the, the listeners to realize that like you just yeah. said there is part of you being a mother there's part of you being mm -hmm. a wife there's a part of you yeah. being a daughter there's part of you yeah. being and so don't think this is one part of you. When you said sit back and look at it and ask yourself how, how old or how long, it yeah. just, just one part of you. And then I like the fact that you said that, look at your overall, that doesn't make all of you. That's not just all of you, just, just one piece of you that was unfortunately traumatized as a child. And now you're recognizing that. So I just want the listeners to know that this is what you mean by that. That's because we are so many, we are, we have so many abilities on other area of our life that, that we can be, we're boss, entrepreneurs, anything, those titles, put those titles. This is yeah. one of those. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the step. Like at least one more step. Um, yeah, so the final step then, oh, and just another kind of point on that, which would be helpful for people is when we're doing this, it's, you want to be like the part that brings in this mentoring aspect. Um, and another phrase for that could be called inner parenting, because that's the healing work that we do. Um, so that part of it that we that part of us that we want to connect to is the wise adult self. So, you know, the part that's grounded and perhaps you have like a yoga practice or a meditation practice or something, you know, or, you know, walking in nature can just help you feel very grounded and confident within yourself. So that's the part you kind of want to connect with. Okay. And then from that part, you can work with maybe younger parts and the triggered parts. And it's having that distinction and just knowing that distinction, knowing it's possible, knowing it's within you um, and just the education piece around it. It's having that tool in your toolkit to use when you're triggered. Um, and then the final step is that we can do is it, like, interacting with that triggered part and asking it okay what what do you need from me or how can i help you and listen for the answer and you will find an answer with that and like that will uh, help you with the next step of what you need to do and it's validating that answer as well oh i can see that you need a rest or i can see that you need a holiday or whatever it is that comes up with that and it's tuning into that wisdom as wow. well you it, it's so beautiful because i'm visualizing it in my head right now it's almost like a um your inner child your inner child is there and now based on your age, age that how old you are let's just say that you know you've been battling for with this for like a you had it till age of 10 or 15 let's just say and now you're 40 years old and you say yeah. i'm an adult i can i can compassionately take care of you now yes exactly yeah right 
yeah that's it so you don't need a validation from outside you don't need a like again getting someone to like you said to talk about it and they have their own a thing that they don't want to open up or like you said breaking that uh brick wall it just kind of goes all together that everything that happened to you and everything that you can take care of is within you yeah yeah and that's a very powerful realization right you don't need any external permission or validation And that's actually a very important message, especially for women in a patriarchal society, Um, because we're kind of brainwashed to seek external validation, external approval, external permission from all different sources. So I think this is the kind of next stage for, for women as well, is to know that we have it within ourselves. We give ourselves permission and we give ourselves the approval. And we are the authority on what's right for us. This is so, so exciting. So now that you said it so beautifully that it's in within you, you have the compassion, you have your inner child realization. Awareness is the number one key. Like you said, that once you're aware, so what is the best way to implement these? Like, let's just say, I want to start today. How would, how would be the best way to implement it? Like, yeah, it's all about um, creating the inner safety. So I think you can, you know, realize from what we just talked about there, if you're doing that, if you're building a practice, like hopefully a daily practice or, you know, every, at least a couple of times a week, tuning into that within you, the amount of internal validation that you'll have within yourself, the confidence that that will build. And it's all about building that self-trust. So you're relying on yourself. Um, So yeah, it's just having the consistency with that, maybe setting up some reminders on your phone of course what we talked about in the beginning is using any of those external triggers so from now on you know every day when you walk out in the world like welcome in the triggers <laughs> like if there's any of those like annoying people or annoying instances or something doesn't go your way you can just say to yourself oh okay there's something for me to learn here or you know this is an opportunity for personal growth you know so embrace embrace it all <laughs> and um you can do some journaling of course on whatever your triggers are recognize what your achilles heel is because that will be something you know we all have these tricky parts um that have originated from really distressing things in our childhood and um if we can understand okay what were the messages we had around that how does it make us feel what are the limiting beliefs we have around that maybe we're still stuck with some type of limiting belief that i'm not enough and i need to prove myself and i need to prove my worth and prove how worthy i am to receive love or whatever it is so getting some clarity around that and then when we have clarity around that okay i know this is a bit of an achilles heel And then you can see, okay, now I can see how it's showing up in my external world. And then the other part of it is, okay, let me get the tools to help myself with this. Um, So that's, yeah, it it takes time. You know, it's building trust, building the inner connection within yourself. Um, Practice, lots of self-compassion, having some good kind of mantras, whatever works for you. Like there's nothing is set in stone with this um, journey of recovery work that we need to do. And it's, you know, take 
inspiration from different sources and I'm sure like your community and people listening to this will have studied different modalities, worked with different people. There's no one way, like everybody's on their own unique journey. So just kind of take everything and be creative with it and get things that work for you and adapt things. Don't be afraid to adapt even what we talked about today, like take what is helpful for you and take what resonates for you and then just leave the, the rest of it. You don't, there's nothing set in stone. Create your own thing for what works for you. Create your own identity of what works for you. Set it beautifully, mm -hmm. set it beautifully. Um, the step that you said is so clear and you took us so step by step how to be. And just to, just to go over the stuff, I, I think from what I heard from you and learned just today, just today, awareness and 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 how often to how often we can implement these step is that how often those trigger comes in if it comes in like every single day then it's necessary for you to pay attention if it comes in once a week or once a month but depend on how severe it is and how often it comes and interrupt your reality of life today of you living your life today that's as important to realize it and say okay this is how much time i need but my personal what i teach as as a life coach and my program is love your life is that we have the good and the bad and and then just accepting that knowing that okay everything is there is that mm -hmm. like you said how to handle it be aware of it and know that it's okay and bring that self-compassion of yourself and say that pay be patient with yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It didn't take you that long. It didn't take you overnight to have those things that you went through. So it's not going to take you that fast to be okay. So be patient. Patient is the number one key. But before I let you go, I want to ask you, this is my question asking you. And I have a lot of students that are like asking me this question. And this is what we teach. I get it from my social media, my audience, my tribe and everything. A lot of people talk about self-love, self-love, self-love. Some people, mm -hmm. when I, normally when we talk about people with self-love, they say, yes, of course, I love myself. I, I love myself. But when they really go to deep into their true identity of who they are, that's when the demon comes out because they see their good part and the bad part. And sometimes mm -hmm. that can interfere mm -hmm. with each other. What is your definition of a self-love? Like what, 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 what does self-love mean? Um, that is a good question. I would say it's a combination of different things. Um, boundaries, having good boundaries, and um, being authentic with yourself. And there was one thing that, um, just when you said earlier, it's about sometimes we can run away from these triggers with um, different type of coping mechanisms. So that's where the self-awareness comes in, the self-awareness piece, because it's the having the ability to sit with the difficult emotions that come up because they will be very difficult. Um, and then it's to know that as adults, we can handle it. As a child, it was very difficult and distressing to be with these difficult emotions and there was nobody there to help us. But it's different now as an adult that we can be with the triggers and we don't have to distract ourselves so much. So it's building that confidence as well. So I just want to add in that piece. But yeah, self-love is even that phrase, it can be just really, oh my gosh, like what is this? What am I supposed to do? Um, but yeah, it's a combination of different things. Um, not 
seeking permission outside of ourselves and being an autonomous adult um, being authentic with ourselves, having integrity and living our life as, as best as best we can and following following our intuition being confident enough to just follow the next steps like following the breadcrumbs not needing to have some massive um, plan in place but trusting ourselves to just take the next step just every day all you need to do <laughs> literally everything that you said that we that's what that, that's what we talk about boundaries boundaries i love when you said boundaries are important because a lot of people say boundaries are like it makes me a uh, uh, a bad person and um they they try so hard to please other people and they're saying that that boundary having that boundary is probably people not going to think i'm a good person but in a way you said that having boundary and not having anybody hurt your emotion is actually not selfish it's actually self-love that you're saying that i would would respect would love if you treat me with respect and love that's what you're going to get so it's kind of like a boundary it's two ways to go and integrity that that you know i i value myself i value myself just as i value you as a person I want that as a return. And that's what self-love is. And a lot of people are, unfortunately, like you said, in today's society, we put that aside. You know, we're so busy with our reality of life that our self-love is just fading away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got very distracted with external things. And we're, well, that's the way we're programmed, like in the dysfunctional society that we live in. Like you're programmed, like if you have, some internal angst or anything we are told that the solution is outside of ourselves like oh all you need to do is go to the shopping mall and pick up a designer handbag and that will make you feel better or <laughs> oh trust me feeling like trust yeah. me Mary, i've done it i've done it so many times suppressing your uh, your childhood wound and and uh, trauma is i guess i would say uh 70 of the time and i was one of them so you know, we suppress it with the narcotic and, and drinking and taking pills and, and it's so unfortunate. So this is, this is why that was important subject for me to talk about and bring you here because um, handbag is one thing, but unfortunately damaging your physical health uh, yes. because a lot of it uh, can cause uh, um, addiction. And yeah. I was um, drinking a lot of alcohol when I was um, dealing with this because I didn't know how to deal with it. Yes. And that's for temporary um okay, I don't feel anything right now. But like you said, don't put it under the rug, bring it up. It's even though it's hard, but if the tools that you give us today is much more easier and healthy way to deal with this versus like going for that handbag or going for that uh, drink or going for that yeah. pill or going for anything yeah, yeah. that is damaging your physical body. And, and Mary, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for discussing this amazing and most important topic because a lot of us, a lot of us as an adult, we put it aside. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, like we have an idea in ourselves, oh my gosh, I cannot do this because it's so difficult. Um, and that's an idea just to give some confidence to people. That idea can be sitting with the younger parts in our psyche, who it was so incredibly difficult. But we can say to ourselves, well, like I'm an adult now, I can actually hand handle these difficult emotions and it's not going to be as difficult as i perceive so just to give some people hope with that that just you know dip your toe in you don't have to go into the eye of the storm immediately but just you know work your way around it and titrate the experience 
as well. And you will get there just step by step. It is so calming when you talk about it. And it's so mm. like, uh, no, when it, when it comes from, uh, from self-compassion, it just, you think about it as much easier to handle versus like ignoring it because the pain itself is really, really hard. If you feel like you have these triggers and if you feel like you cannot handle it, it's always, always good to do it with someone. It's much easier to work with professional to get yourself at least to a certain uh, level of comfortability than you can do it on your own. But if you guys feeling this and it's bothering you, it's affecting your life, reach out to her um, and she'll be working with you. Uh, because I really personally think it's very important because we cannot do it alone. And if you have somebody mm -hmm. just holding right. our hand and give us a guidance to how to do it. So um, I do, do you agree on that? Cause I definitely see a professional help. Absolutely. Yes. It's yeah, vital to have the right support and resources in place and to get the education about it as well. Okay, so the, for that particular reason, ladies and gentlemen, follow her, find her, go to her website, listen to her because she's amazing. Um, again, thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks so much, Valerie.